0: Welcome back to the Standard Only Podcast, episode 73. A lot to talk about. NFL draft. The NBA playoffs are coming up. Uh, MLB, there's been a couple no-hitters. So uh, if you guys have not followed the podcast already on social media at SR pod on Twitter and Instagram. If you're listening to this, you can also watch us on the YouTube page. We upload every single podcast episode to the YouTube as well. So you can check it out there. Our personal pages. you can follow myself at the Healy Six on Twitter and Instagram. I am IGoose with
1: 4 Os, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. You find me pretty much anywhere. We are back. We are finally back, Healy. We, took a, we had to take another week off due to COVID protocols, but I'm back <laughs> and better than ever.
0: If it wasn't the NFL draft, I probably would have done it solo, but I wanted your Packers opinions. Oh, so man. That's, that's why I had to wait a week. Yeah, I have a lot Sorry. of opinions. <laughs> Before we can even get to the draft, though, Adam Schefter, who's known about this for months... He just wanted to spice up the NFL draft time. I don't know if you know about this. Adam Schefter did admit he's known about this way before, but he's just been holding on to this information that apparently Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. I didn't know that. So I was
1: in, I was out, I was on vacation. And uh, yeah, it just popped up. I was like getting ready. I was like, man, I'm, I was more. I was more focused on the Bears for this draft. I knew Green Bay. They, you know, they made it to the NFC conference battle uh, against Tampa Bay. You know, I definitely wanted them to grab an offensive player, maybe to help Rodgers. Um, yeah, when that popped up, you know, a few hours before the draft, I was a little shocked. I was definitely a little shocked. I w- I was surprised, but not really. I kind of like. There's been rumors of of Rogers making comments about would he play for another franchise. Uh, Chicago was kind of rumored, at least around here in Chicago. Um, you know, obviously he still has a couple more years uh, on his contract with Green Bay, but yeah, that that was a bomb that was dropped. Schefter, he's he's slick for that one. That was good. That was definitely good. All eyes were on him and his social media accounts for. 48 72 hours and probably still are probably still is so that 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 was that was a smart move by him um yeah my initial reaction was for lack of a better term was just damn wow this is it and it stirred you know the fact that he knew about it it, it kind of stirred up a lot of um a lot of what ifs trade scenarios is green bay going to trade rodgers with their their pick and move up in the draft is that what the move is going to be? Are they going to go and get maybe Fields or, you know, maybe somehow try to get Trevor Lawrence? Obviously he was untradeable, but, you know, all these different trade scenarios came up and everybody, you know, I'm, I'm talking to people I don't even know. They're like, well, I'm like, I'm a cheesehead, You know, what, what, what are your thoughts on this? They're like, dude, I can't believe it. He's, I knew he was done. You know, everybody's like, everybody knew. Everybody knew Rodgers was gone. Apparently everybody in the world. Right. So. Uh, I was definitely shocked. I was shocked, and I was like, all right, this is it. We've been blessed the last, I don't know, forty, thirty five years with excellent quarterbacks, guys who who have literally held the franchise up on their shoulders. And you know what? now we just got to hopefully focus on building a better defense and have a mediocre quarterback. But um yeah, that was that was tough. I know we we had texted
0: about it a little bit, too. there's. Like the past couple of years, you could kind of just see the tension rising in Green Bay. That's why a lot of people were kind of like, Yeah, like I kind of knew. You didn't know when, but you just had it, an idea of like it will happen eventually. Mm-hmm. He's getting older. They already drafted Jordan Love the year before, they drafted a running back the first round the year before as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just hasn't had the success in Green Bay. As some of these other guys, Tom Brady, uh, Pat Mahomes has already made it to the the big dance a couple times, and Rodgers has only won one NFC championship, made the Super Bowl once in his career, and it was over, it was like 10 years ago. Yeah. And, like, it, Green Bay, it, I think he's just finally fed up. We'll see if he does play there this season. He said, I'm not playing. And people were making jokes of him going and just hosting Jeopardy instead, which is funny because on Jeopardy, someone put uh, they didn't know an answer to the final Jeopardy question. So they said, why would you kick a field goal instead of go for it? And Aaron Rodgers chuckled and said, yeah, you know what? Good question. Very good so. question.
1: Yep. Yeah, it, it's no. it's like the cat's out of the bag. So, like, for me, I was shocked. But then I'm like, we saw this with Brett Favre, who still had a couple of years left in his tank. But obviously, they knew what they were getting out of Rodgers. But that was the question when they
0: drafted Jordan Love. An MVP, it, nonetheless. Just won an MVP. The way I looked at it was, if they didn't
1: trade in the draft, if they didn't bundle and get a, a, a solidified quarterback or a, a for sure, like, you know, maybe a tight maybe a Pitts. I don't know. Something. Something. Because, I mean, it's not too late. He can still get traded. But, according to reports... Both sides are talking about a contract extension now. John Kuhn, who used to be uh, who's like a Packers legend, one of their greatest fullbacks to ever do it, uh, he believes that they they can fix it. He thinks that mm. they can fix it. And he 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 you know made some good points. You know, Rodgers is upset simply because who do they have around him besides Devontae Adams? Aaron Jones is good. They re-signed Aaron Jones, but it makes you wonder, is it a part of a good system? You have a guy you have you have teams who are who are more worried that Rogers is gonna throw for six touchdowns in one half to Devontae Adams, and then they have some like other flyers like Valdez Gantling, like guys who aren't really that good. But I you know, they he wants he wants a better, he wants an extension, and he wants security. He wants to know that. This team is all in to go to the Super Bowl. They have what it takes to go to the Super Bowl. They should have went to the Super Bowl last year. I, bad play calling to end the first half. You don't, don't kick the field goal at the end of the game. Give You, you basically did not trust Rodgers. You told Rodgers you don't trust him, but you trust him to throw 60-yard touchdown passes at the end of games over the last few years. You know, it's just like one of those things. It's, it's a slap in the face. It's a slap in the face. You know, my girlfriend asked me, she's like, what, like, are you like, okay? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but the <laughs> the words that came out of my mouth was F Green Bay. I'm like, they keep messing with, they're literally toying with him. They know what they're getting out of him. They know they're going to have a winning record as long as he's healthy. But that's not yeah. fair. That's not fair. Chiefs go out and they spend all this money in the last offseason, last two offseasons, even though they have one of the best quarterbacks who's one of the highest paid. Give him some help.
0: They just rebuilt
1: their whole entire offensive line. Yeah, and in one offseason, in one offseason. And Green Bay goes out and they they draft uh, a defensive back. They draft a cornerback, which, okay, you want to help the defense. You want to go out, you want to help the defense. But you're going to go out and you're going to draft Eric Stokes out of Georgia, who is good. He's good. I mean, I have nothing bad. Nobody has anything bad to say about the pick because he's a good defensive back. But Green Bay, I feel like, has drafted in the last 10 years so many defensive backs. So many defensive backs. And I feel like he does compliment Jair Alexander, who arguably is the best defensive back in the game next to like Jalen Ramsey, some of the other ones. But now you go out, you don't even draft an offensive lineman. You don't draft a very athletic receiver in the first round, you go after a defensive back. And I feel like that again is a little bit of a slap in the face. And I know the defense, if they had a good defense, if they had a Chicago type defense, they would be untouchable. They would be untouchable, but adding a defensive back, I don't think is the move.
0: Yeah. Could definitely, could definitely see that. You brought up a good point earlier with the contract. That's another big thing. He, I think he just wants one more big contract to carry him through and have that guarantee. And he's not seeing it right now. And he wants to like guarantee a spot somewhere. So that's, he might be just using his leverage and using it to force him to get a contract. And who knows? Maybe he does stay there. Yeah. He's 36 years old and he doesn't look
1: like he he's aging football wise, like Tom Brady, he, he's still performing. He's peak performance. He's his contracts up in the end of 2023. So he'll be 38, 39. Mm-hmm. Add another two years to him. Tell him, Hey, we want you. They have to show that they they're serious at this point. They have to show that they're serious. And I think mm-hmm. they will. I, I really think that he's going to be uh, starting against Jameis Winston week one <laughs> against the saints. Because otherwise, Jordan Love versus Jameis Winston is going to be
0: weird. My first reaction when I saw these reports, it was draft day. And the Bears haven't had a first-round draft pick in a few years. They traded for Trubisky, Mm -hmm. wasted wasted some first-round draft picks there. They traded for Khalil Mack, spent some first-round draft draft picks picks there. And I was pumped. I was excited for the Bears. But what I was most excited about was the possibility of of Green Bay finally not having a good quarterback to destroy the Bears my whole life. They've had Favre and Rodgers, and I've just never been alive in where Green Bay just doesn't have a quarterback. I thought
1: for sure. They made it seem like Rodgers was for sure being dealt, and it was the first time where I thought that the torch would be passed to Chicago because that division would be wide open. Any team could win it technically. But I feel like with the Bears making, you know, their defense is still good. The Bears probably have the best defense in the division. If their offense, I know Andy Dalton, even even beyond one year, I'm not even thinking just this first year immediately. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, they if they end up doing something in this draft, and Rodgers is gone, which they did obviously, um, that that would be a scary sight. You get a playmaker on the offensive side, and the keep the defense that defense is on the field too much the last couple years.
0: Yeah. So. Man. We will find out if Aaron Rodgers is uh, on the Packers. Uh, what we, We'll have to wait until June. This is a big key component of why, just popped in my head, of why Rodgers probably hasn't been dealt yet. So right now, if he's dealt, it's like 30-plus million against the cap. If they wait until June 3rd, it, he only costs or he only counts as 21 million against the cap. A lot. Yes. So that's why he has not been traded yet. And I think once that time period comes up, Hawks are going to be hot.
1: There's a number of teams that will just swap their starter straight up with obviously other incentives. Mm-hmm. You're going to want a team to eat some of that. You're going to want cash considerations. But there are about twenty, we'll say twenty-four teams that will trade their starter along with something else to get Aaron Rodgers, to get three years out of Rodgers. You know what you're getting. You know what Mm -hmm. you're getting. I don't think it's gonna happen. I thought for sure he was done. I think I'm a firm believer in law of attraction. And I picture him starting. In a Packers uniform,
0: I would still think the the chances are higher that he's in a Packers uniform than any other team right now. It's mm-hmm. that's just what I feel like. It's it's who's still to say,
1: who's to say they don't trade him to a scrub team and he just go and his career for sure is gonna die. The Raiders, I mean, I don't, yeah, but I mean, even then, he makes the Raiders so much better. Like he makes any team so much better just because of his like his his IQ is mm-hmm. IQ, you know. But the Raiders would be a uh, a questionable one.
0: We will find out then or like in June, probably pick up some talks a few weeks. NFL yeah. draft talk though. Like a a team that was probably going to go after uh, Aaron Rodgers was the San Francisco 49ers and they ended up drafting the quarterback pick number 3 Trey Lance that pretty much brings them out of the equation. They yep. could probably still trade, but at this point, you don't. You've already drafted a quarterback with the number three pick. Uh, going back to the number one overall, it was Trevor Lawrence. Easy pick right there. Mm-hmm. He goes to Urban Meyer, new coach of the Jaguars. They get their for sure pick. Number two pick, kind of a a 100% chance of like guessing who it was going to be. Zach Wilson, he went to the Jets. Yep. And then the big toss up was actually the number three pick with the 49ers. All week, I was seeing talks about it was either going to be Mac Jones or Trey Lance. But like Justin Fields should have been in that conversation. Justin Fields was like the second or third best quarterback prospect. But yeah, all dropped. week, all week, it was he's not coachable. Mm-hmm. He's not a good guy. He's always last one in, first one out. He's not sparring enough or whatever. As draft day came about, he he uh like the IQ test or whatever the wonderlick test came out, and he had a fantastic score on it. And the Forty ers they went with Trey Lance over Mac Jones, which is great. I am not a big believer on Mac Jones at all. I don't know why his draft stock skyrocketed not a big believer with it and they went with Mac we saw a few picks happen Jamar Chase going to the Bengals weird choice cuz like Jamar Chase he's cool he played with Burrow before in college it's just they needed an o line he's quick that might be why they picked him cuz Joe Burrow's only going to have a he's only going to have a second <laughs> throw
1: they're receivers. They have good receivers though. Like they, they actually have weapons on the offense. So I was surprised by that. He's very, I mean, that kid's talented though. He's talented. Um, Very surprised. They didn't go with an offensive line. That's like the one shocker right there. I don't even know. Do they still have Ty- Tyler Boyd still there, right? Like the Bengals receivers are, are still, yeah, they still have, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins, which those two guys had some pretty damn good games last year. Pretty damn good games. So, I guess it doesn't hurt to be super loaded with to 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 pair up and match up with Burrow. They uh mm-hmm. their run game, I don't know, the run game is hit or miss every single year. Joe Mixon, we don't know what you're going to get out of him. He has good games, he has bad games. The offensive lines, everything. I'm surprised. There were some. There's a lot of good offensive line in this draft.
0: Ooh. Speaking of something, I just won a Michael Vick signed football. Nice. I, I just entered a charity stream and I won a Michael Vick football. So that's pretty cool. Uh, that's why I was a little off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everybody, that's sick. round of applause for Healy. That Woo! is pretty sick. You got to put that one uh, right there behind your uh, stream.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I got a message saying WTF, and I'm like, what did I do? Like, I'm, I'm in the middle of this podcast. Like, am I, am I live streaming? <laughs> did I accidentally say something somewhere? Did I post something? But back to the NFL draft, uh, we, saw, we saw another guy. We saw the Eagles trade with the Cowboys. They traded up to get Devonte Smith. How do you feel mm-hmm. about
1: that? I love it.
0: I those, love. it's gonna be good. Philadelphia, they've needed wide receivers. <laughs> they've just been lacking that. And they traded with a division rival. I don't think it's as necessarily bad as like a baseball where you won't you'll never see like the Yankees and Red Sox trade. As Adem- Otavino got traded this past offseason, we'll disregard that. And Babe Ruth, a long time ago, disregard mm-hmm. that. You'll you'll rarely see like that happen. But the Eagles jumped up. They traded back originally in the draft to trade back up, and they still got value. They they still got the guy they wanted. And that forced a couple other teams to make some different decisions, uh, one of them being the Giants. I think the Giants wanted Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. Yep.
1: Yeah, they were able to trade, obviously, with Chicago. They, were, they traded back, and they grabbed uh... – Florida receiver Kadarius Toney,
0: who's still pretty mm-hmm. good. He's yeah. Receiver. He's a playmaker. hmm But speaking of that, the Bears. The Bears. Draft night. I'm sitting there. I'm gonna call uh, my my good friend Bangle. He big draft guy. If you guys go on YouTube, search up draft stuff. Bangle does a lot of draft videos, does a lot of mock drafts, he scouts a bunch of guys. We're sitting in there. I see He's getting ready for the Giants pick, and all of a sudden the Bears trade. And I'm like, Bears are trading? I wanted the Bears to draft an O-line. I did not want that, like I thought they were only gonna be able to get an O-line at their draft selection spot. I wanted an O-line. That would
1: have been okay. That would have been very okay.
0: Yeah, since Andy Dalton, I've I've already I accepted that he was just gonna be the starter next next uh next season, they could just pick up someone else, maybe. And then they trade for him. And I'm seeing on Twitter, Justin Fields to Chicago. Justin Fields to Chicago. And I'm like, no way. No way is this happening. And they announce Justin Fields to Chicago. And I am just, I am so happy. Because my friend Bengal, he, if he ranked like all these prospects in the past, like 10 years for quarterbacks or whatever, if this quarterback class and last year's quarterback class was combined. Justin Fields, he had him higher ranked than Joe Burrow. Ooh. And So I was hyped. I am so hyped on Fields. He has a strong arm. He can move. He seems to be pretty smart. Yeah, he's I'm a excited. playmaker out there. He's definitely a
1: playmaker. Now, kind of go back and forth with people social media world, who believe Mac Jones sh- should not have been overlooked. They think, well, why would you pick an Ohio State quarterback? Who's been good out of, out of Ohio State? Like, that's, the, okay, but somebody's got to break that, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just it's just been a bad run. And he just transferred there, too. Yeah. And so, but it's like, how many B- Bama quarterbacks have come into the league and done well, besides Joe Namath? Back yeah. when that was the league, you know? You have
0: Hurts and Tua right now, but they're Tua, just yeah, starting Tua. out. They're just starting yeah. out, though. You don't know.
1: Yeah, they could end up not starting after this next season. Like, we see it happen where guys, they get a run for three years, and then but you never know. I, I I personally think Justin Fields was a great pick. I think that was, obviously, you're not going to get the first two quarterbacks. You're not going to get Trey Lance. You're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. I don't think Mac Jones Zack Wilson. And Zach Wilson, yeah, and I don't think uh, Mac Jones. I think he fits the Patriot. He's gonna fit the Patriots scheme more than he would Chicago's. Not saying he's bad, but Justin Fields is gonna be that playmaker that uh, Mitch Trubisky should have been. Mm -hmm. The what it could have, should have, because the Bears were missing that playmaking ability out of Trubisky, being able to hit those targets down the field. Hit those targets down. Darnell Mooney is about to go off this year. He is about to go off. I'm talking like he had a good year last year. You get him paired with a good quarterback who's not going to overthrow him. We don't know, obviously, yet. But I'm pretty confident with Justin Fields that there's going to be less overthrows and just more. It's, he's going to be able to open the game more. I mean, he's mobile. Mm-hmm. He's mobile as well. He's not a slow quarterback. So, I think overall, just the overall draft for Chicago, I mean, that they pretty much got like an A. They got an A. Yeah.
0: I like Trubisky, you mentioned it, is accuracy issues. When the Bears were winning games, when they were, it, it, was it 2018? When they were yeah. like really good, the double doink. 2018, they won games because Trubisky was able to move around and create plays yeah once he was once he stopped doing that, it was over like he would he worked well out of the pocket. What he couldn't do well though was work well inside the pocket, so he had a lot of weaknesses to his game but some of the stuff the like Justin fields are gonna have he's gonna have that uh those weaknesses like fixed in that scenario, and he's gonna be able to have that playmaking ability to get outside the pocket, throw the deep ball. Create plays, and as you said, with the Bears draft pick, he got an A. My friend Bengal, he doesn't normally like the Bears. I don't know why, but he 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 draft, or he graded the Bears in a an A plus, like pretty much. They got an offensive lineman in the second round who had a first round graph trade. That's the guy I wanted originally, and they, and he still fell. And then they traded away their fourth-round pick or whatever. The fifth-round guy they got was another offensive lineman, which was very solid. Getting two O line in the draft helps out your quarterback right there. And then they go out and get Khalil Herbert in the sixth round. He's more of a complete running back. He's going to be more of a complete running back than uh, Tariq Cohen. Sorry about that, Tariq. Uh, he's going to be able to make plays. He's going to be able to run the ball better than him. I can't remember Tariq's contract, but he will definitely probably start getting more, more reps. He'll probably slot in as that like second running back eventually with David Montgomery. They go out and get a guy like Daz Newsome, who's a good slot guy. He'll help him out. Uh apparently he will be like the replacement to Anthony Miller. Who's probably not going to resign after this year? They go out mm-hmm. and get Thomas Graham in the sixth round, a cornerback to help out with that need. And then they get a, a defensive tackle in Tonga. It's a good I mean, there's there's no doubt that they had probably the best draft.
1: They ended up, especially over the last couple of years, where they haven't had a first round pick. They haven't had a first round pick since was it Mitch Trubisky? Was their last one? Because they traded for Khalil Mack.
0: Right, so maybe yeah, I'm gonna assume so because then all I remember is Kevin White being drafted first round, and that just didn't work out at all. Historically, their first round picks have not been great. They've had good. They've obviously
1: had some great first round picks in the past 15 years. Some decent offensive line, some good defensive players. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they they definitely just pending justin fields pending his professional um performance pending i think that they're easily a 500 team now first year out the gate 500 team mm-hmm. if not better nine and well there's an extra game there's an extra game this year you can't be a 500 team with 17 games unfortunately so nine and eight. Ten and eight maybe
0: Possibly. It depends when Justin Fields is going to enter or be the quarterback. I was watching uh, Ryan Pace. Am I correct on that, Ryan Pace? For the the Bears. He, after the draft, he had a press conference, and I just wanted to run through a wall afterwards. He was talking about how well... He really liked Justin Fields. He still said that Dalton's the starter. They're going to develop Justin Fields and he will be the quarterback of the future. And like hearing all the positive things that Ryan Paye saw in him, man, I am excited.
1: Yeah, I, uh, there's four preseason football games. There's four still. Is there not? Did they, do they lower it?
0: I thought when they moved to an extra game, they were going to remove at least one preseason. But I could be wrong. I see four weeks. I see okay. four
1: weeks of preseason. So we get okay. more football,
0: people. We're getting more football. Interesting.
1: I, know, I don't know well, if all teams are playing every week. That's the only thing I don't know.
0: Well, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing... So th- this this article came out May 12th was yesterday you got the hall of fame game then you got week mm-hmm. one week two week three and then the regular season there's so there's only so... five weeks with the hall of fame game
1: so it's four okay so it's four weeks with the hall of fame game yeah green yeah. bay has 3 preseason games texans jets bills
0: okay so, so okay
1: yeah. so we're still so we're still looking at the same time frame for the nfl schedule mm-hmm. same same start same finish
0: Yes. <clears throat>
1: okay. So just, either way, it
0: just uh, season just starts a little bit earlier.
1: Week one of preseason. Generally, we don't get much from the guys we want to see. Uh, now we will. Now we will. So Justin Fields expects him to be starting, I would assume, week one. And Dalton makes one mistake. Fields, I mean, Fields really has to do horrible, like horrible to not, I feel like to not get the starting position at this point. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. And so I, I still think Dalton starts at least one or two games. That's just how he long, he, yeah. he may. There's an extra game this year.
1: Speaking of, the NFL schedule was released. It's it's interesting because the question was, well, if there's an extra game, who's gonna be the home team in that extra week and who's gonna be the away team? We'll come to find out, NFC. All NFC teams have nine road games, eight home games. So the NFC teams are getting the shit end of the stick, which is okay. It's okay. Uh, makes for some juicy matchups, that's for sure. Have you had a chance to really dissect the schedule yet and look at like the strength of schedule? As of right now, the Bucks are projected to have the easiest schedule based on roster performance by players.
0: Mm. Um I saw the 49ers have a pretty easy one. The Steelers are going to get destroyed this year. Steelers are tough. The Bears Steelers have a tough, tough schedule.
1: Yeah, you know what? I think uh yeah, based on the Bears schedule, I I think they're okay though. I think they're okay. Um who do they do they play the Chiefs as well? They do. Can they I... play the
0: Chiefs, they play the Ravens, they play the Buccaneers.
1: Oh, they That's... they have a
0: very I think the Rams oh,
1: Rams week one on Sunday night football. That's going to be a good matchup. The Rams have to be favored in that game. I would think they, they had a f- strong finish to the regular season last year, obviously lost to green Bay in the playoffs, but they just add Matthew Stafford, someone with a little bit more of an IQ, I would say than Jared Goff. So that, that's going to be a fun game to watch. Be a definitely a fun game to watch. Um, man, they have the Bucks again this year. The Ravens, the Cardinals are, I think, going to be going into the season underrated. Seahawks, Vikings. It's definitely a tough schedule for the NFC North. It's definitely a tough schedule. I'm looking forward to the Bucks, Tom Brady playing in Foxborough, which I believe is Week Four of this year. Yeah, Tom Brady going back home to play. Patriots. The New England Patriots, Mac Jones, maybe Mac Jones could be Cam Newton. We don't know. To me, I think I think I'm looking forward to the atmosphere of that game. I assume there's going to be fans. Seems like most states are going to have fans now. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a good it'll be a good matchup. But I still think that the Bucs right now. Next, I mean, Bucks and Chiefs to me are looking like the two favorites already. I mean, even before the Super Bowl got played this last season, I felt like they were already on, in line to play again. hmm It's going to be a good year. This extra game, it's going to make things interesting. A lot of big moves. Dolphins, I felt like, got better from the draft. Dolphins had a damn good draft. I'm excited for teams that I don't normally get excited for. I'm excited for Chicago. I'm excited for Chicago.
0: Yeah, it's, maybe... It's, Maybe this NFL season it'll be a lot easier to keep track of teams. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. actually pick out the teams I want to watch and watch those games. Unlike the NBA season, in which I picked out a bunch of like I picked out a handful of teams to watch, and all of them are playing very well. <laughs> Besides the Bulls, I picked the Bulls. But I picked the Suns, and they did really well. And I should have been watching them all year, but I didn't. NFL yeah. it'll be easier in that in that sense. Cardinals yeah, definitely, gonna a, yeah. definitely gonna be a definitely gonna be a team to watch.
1: I will be the personal host with the NFL Red Zone and whatever else subscriptions I need to make it a damn good football season.
0: Yeah, NFL Red Zone makes it a lot easier too. Yeah. I um I'm
1: looking, I'm already, I'm see, as soon as we start talking football every year, I'm I'm super geeked for football now. And we're months away. We're I mean, we're mm-hmm. literally like three months away before I can even do a fantasy draft. So Summer camps will be coming up. Probably they usually hit what? July. Right. July so
0: rookie mini camps are happening now. Uh mm-hmm. there could be a potential QB controversy in Jacksonville. Not really. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tim
0: Tebow signed a contract for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's reuniting with former head or former Florida head coach Urban yeah. Meyer. He wants back in the NFL. He just retired from baseball. He does it all, and he's ready to play the tight end position. Which about ten years ago, he was getting pushed to play the tight
1: end. He would have started. He would be an NFL everyday starter if he moved to tight end. He wasn't a bad quarterback. He just wasn't. He just didn't have it. Very athletic. It's an interesting. It, there's there's so many thoughts that go into it. I know a lot of guys are upset, obviously, for many different reasons. But Tim Tebow signing as a tight end, I think, I don't know how I feel. I don't know. One, one thing I read, and I, I kind of am leaning towards be- that belief, is Urban Meyer signs Tim Tebow. And who's going to be the talk of all offseason now? Tim Tebow. In Jacksonville? Now you have Tim Tebow is going to take the heat. Let mm-hmm. him take take the pressure off of Trevor Lawrence during the offseason. Let Trevor Lawrence just fly under the radar. He probably won't because we're talking Trevor Lawrence, who's supposed to be the next Barry Bonds mm-hmm. of the NFL. You know what I mean? But I think that I did read that they think it's publicity stunt. He's not going to make it to the regular season. If he does, he's coming off the bench. But I also see him being the, the athletic Tim Tebow, the super built. He's got height. He can catch a football. He could probably block. I don't even know who Jacksonville has at tight end these days.
0: They don't have a very good option at tight end right now. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I mean, besides
1: DJ, Sh- DJ Shark, Shark, I don't know who their receivers are, really. I mean, they had a couple recently. I don't, I don't know who they have. So maybe he does play. Maybe it's not a publicity stunt. But it's very interesting that Tim Tebow is back in the NFL.
0: I personally think, like Tim Tebow, they did sign it as a pu- publicity stunt, as you stated. Will he make the team? I don't. I just don't see it. I don't see him like making a full roster. P- a bunch of people are mad, and they were claiming that he was taking up a roster spot. This is the off season. Teams are going to have a hundred people signed to the the roster. Like, yeah, they they they're just signed. And if they make the roster, then they get paid. This does no Uh harm to anyone on the team at all.
1: And what if he ends up being phenomenal? It's, 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 it's it's just a win-win. It's a win-win. It really is. Mm -hmm.
0: And it proves in life for anyone listening and wants to hear this. It's not about what, you know, who, you know, (laughs) Always very, very good uh, key to life. Might sound corny, but it definitely works. I mean, he's reuniting fifteen
1: years later with the head coach in which they won national titles with, so and mm-hmm. he's getting a paycheck. What he sign a one year deal?
0: Yeah, not one long, year deal one new,
1: yeah, it wasn't even much not money
0: not at all no they he couldn't even probably get that that much anyways mm-hmm. and we will see if he does make the team. I'm not gonna doubt it though. Tim Tebow is a pretty good athlete. He tries his hardest. He's played football before. It's just will the age and the time away from the game, uh, like be hurtful to it. It's another thing we're gonna have to wait on and see. That's I'm funny, I'm though. more
1: excited to see him on Sunday, given a pregame speech, mm-hmm. have his players running headfirst through brick
0: walls. You know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Besides that, there isn't too much about the NFL to talk about left. So we're going to transition into basketball. Next week, we are going to talk about the playoffs. Play-in starts May 18th, which is next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. So we're already going to see a play-in game happen next Tuesday. Playoffs start uh, the following Saturday. We're ten nine, ten days away from that, and next next week we're gonna go over our preseason predictions, and we'll talk about the playoffs then this week, we're gonna just talk about the end of the season, what's been happening uh some things to look forward to entering the playoffs. One of them is the Chicago Bulls. they still just have a slight chance of making the playoffs. I put them on the topic list today because they disappointed after the Vucevic trade. And I'm not saying that it's because they traded for Vucevic. I'm going to stick by this forever. Their main goal was to get rid of Laurie Markkinen and pick up someone else, and it never happened, and it just screwed them the remainder of the season. I don't know what you feel about that, because they got rid of Gafford. They got rid of Carter Jr., And they were stuck with Markinen and they still kept on to him, even though he was the main guy probably they're looking to get rid of. And unfortunately, it had to be Markinen and Vucevic on the floor at the same time for a majority of play. It doesn't work out that way.
1: No, I think uh, our biggest kryptonite is, is keeping him on the roster. I mean, that's our biggest flaw is the power forward position. Which, shout out to Daniel Gafford. He's been rocking out in Washington. I know Russell having a triple double is really making his team flourish, but that man is finally, he's having some great games that we saw the potential in him. I mean, mm-hmm. we talked about it all the time. We're like, you know what? It's just not fit for Chicago. We don't know how to use them. So shout yeah. out to him. But, but marketing, I mean, he doesn't, he's not even a factor anymore. Thad Young plays. We have Daniel Tice, who's playing a lot. I like Daniel Tice because he can shoot the long ball. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a bruiser in the paint. He's a he's a little bruiser in the paint. I like that. You like that out of a, out of a guy, uh, especially at that position. There was Zach Levine missing. What did he miss? He had COVID. He was out for like yeah. He missed a bunch games. of games. He missed a lot. And because of that, there were some games that we fell, and they still have a fighting chance. How do they get into the playoffs? They have to win out the next three games. Washington will have to lose out their next two games. And they get the tiebreaker. They'll get the 10th seed. And then they'll play in the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know what? I'm disappointed with Chicago. But I can't help but think how big of a W it is that they made the trade that they made. They got Vucevic. And Vucevic is having some damn good games in Chicago. He's having the same great success that he had in Orlando. And this is wild. Zach Levine is putting up 40 point games. So we have our duo, Kobe white, Kobe white. Now that he's getting that playing time, he's had some big games. He's shooting efficiently from downtown. Ransky, I think is done after this year. I think his contract, there's a lot of guys whose contracts mm-hmm. are up. And a lot of like contracts that need to go like Felicio, who makes like 9 million. Sadoransky making like 10. If you add it all up, we're going to be able to afford another good player. Not maybe like a um, an all-star, but damn near close. We don't, I don't know if we need an all-star. I don't know. I think we do because that's where the league's going. There aren't that many free agents this year. There's some player options. Like I think Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, guys who are probably going to resign. But I'm going to mark it up in the W column, not because of how the season turned out, but just for the moves in the offseason with management and coaching and the fact that they made, we I don't even remember the last time we made a splash at the trade deadline. Ever. Ever. Besides trading away good players.
0: Yeah. Trading away uh, Yeah, just expiring contracts. This off se- this season in general was going to be a wash. Like we weren't expecting the Bulls to even do anything in the playoffs. We wanted mm-hmm. them to make the playoffs, and we thought that's all they're going to do this off season. It was going to be like, all right, bid war for some of these free agents. Hopefully, we can get some. Bulls said, "Fuck the the chance of getting a, a player in the off season. Let's just get the guaranteed return now." And then we can use Vucevic and Levine in the offseason to like persuade someone else maybe to join. They're still missing a point guard. Kobe White's playing point he is not a point guard, though. Too reckless with the ball. His decision-making isn't the best. He's a shooting guard on the Bulls and probably in general. He He works well off the ball. He can shoot lights out. Handling it, I don't think it's meant for him. If the Bulls could have a a dominant point guard or just like a pass first type guy who can make plays. Just imagine if Chris Paul, I don't know Chris Paul's contract, but just imagine like Chris Paul, look at the difference he's making with the Suns. He made him an instant top of the top seed playoff team. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. The bulls need someone like that. And then they need some like a forward. They need another decent forward that can stretch the floor and play some defense. There's a few guys that are free agents upcoming where
1: if you don't overpay them, they could work out. So obviously Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, player options, you're not going to get them. Those guys continue to perform. Chris Paul at his age is probably still going to get a $30 million contract. Michael Conley's a free agent. He's 33 years old. He's never been the go-to. He's never when he was with Memphis years ago. It that meant whole Memphis team was good. He was good. Mm-hmm. With Utah, you he's just there to be a point guard, which is what the Bulls need. He's an option. Uh you mentioned a forward. I mean, he plays the two guard. I don't know if it'll work, but DeMar DeRozan might be able to stretch the floor. Um, there's not many forwards out there. Kelly Ubre, you have that's pretty much it. Like a Justice Winslow, Trevor Reza. Guys that aren't worth what they're gonna probably get out of a contract just because
0: they're veteran players. Mm-hmm. So we might be hurting. But Pat Williams could still. Yeah, develop. maybe Pat Williams could move if they get a point guard. Pat Williams could play the four. And you have Levine at the three. Will Kobe White at the two, and a point guard.
1: You could. I
0: mean, look at Charlotte. The way I look at Charlotte, and they
1: besides PJ Washington and Cody Zeller their guys can literally, it's almost like they're running all guards. They run Devonte Graham, Terry Roger and LaMelo ball on the, on the court at the same time. And they're all guards. I mean, LaMelo's a tall point guard, but like, they're all guards. And that's like the, the league, there's no, there's no one through five anymore. There's just five guys and they're going to, I mean, they're going to run up a scheme and it, they're, they're going to make it work, but you de- we definitely need a true point guard for
0: sure. At that one spot. Yellow yeah, will definitely be good. Bulls, they're a couple games out of the playoffs right now for the play in game. The next topic, we're gonna talk about play ins in general. So right now the Bulls do have a chance. All you need to do is be the tenth seed or higher, and you have you are guaranteed a play in game. Does it count as making the playoffs? I don't think so. Well, it's going to be like baseball with the wild card teams, where you play a one-off game. Technically, you make the postseason. A lot of people are going to deny it. Technically, you make the playoffs. Twenty of the thirty teams are making the playoffs. Kind of weird to think about, but playing games in general. The if the season was end right now, Boston would be facing the Wizards. Hornets would be facing the Pacers. If Boston and Charlotte both win their games, they're, they're in the playoffs. If uh, the Pacers or Wizards win game one, they have a chance to win another game. It's technically a best-of-three series, and the higher seed has a 1-0 lead. In the well, West the way- right now...
1: I think it's 7th and 8th versus ninth and 10th. Ninth and and the winner of the ninth and tenth faces the loser of the seventh and eighth. And the winner of the seventh and eighth seed, they automatically make it to the to the as the seventh seeded team. That is weird, isn't it? I don't even think
0: did they do that for the play in last year? No, well, no, because the teams the, pl- the teams didn't make it last year. We only had one team eligible for the play in. And they won in the, the first yeah, game. They,
1: the whole, yeah, the whole, the whole bubble was like a play-in tournament.
0: But yeah, the way they have it set up
1: right now... That's weird. Is, I know. Boston and Charlotte, 7th and 8th seed. The winner automatically goes to play Brooklyn. The loser is going to play the winner of the, uh, the ninth and the 10th seed for that 8th spot in the playoffs to face the
0: number 1 seed. Which is weird. I think the format I was talking about would have been better because you're going up against, like, you have the odds with you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They, the way they're doing it, if you're a ninth or 10th seeded team because you finish ninth or 10th and not the traditional top 8, it's double elimination if you finish in 7th or 8th. And then if you're ninth or 10th, you have to win two games. Mm-hmm. Which it's fair, but like then it goes back to why are we doing the play-in still? Mm-hmm. There's no bubble, you know. I, I I don't know how I feel about the play-in. I think it's it's cool. You're you're trying to you're trying to spark a underdog like a Cinderella story, which is cool, you know. Do it for ratings, I guess. And I'm with LeBron, even though LeBron, I think, liked the idea originally. LeBron's now complaining about it because he's, his, in he's it. probably gonna have to play. With a 40 and 30 record, you shouldn't have to play in this.
0: He, they would be the third, they would be the fourth seed in the East right now. Yeah, oh my
1: gosh. They literally would. And and so I don't know. I don't think it's not I think it's stupid. I personally think it's stupid and they should go away with it. Um maybe the players have to be more vocal, the the players' association, but with after last last year with covid we're seeing every league is doing something different they're adopting different these changes and they're making these adaptations and now you have baseball still starting with a guy in the 10th inning you know just stuff like that and i guess we'll just see what happens but there's a chance maybe the lakers don't make the playoffs and they're end up with a you know 20 20 or 10, 11 mm-hmm. games over five hundred,
0: which is odd that's weird to me, yeah with the current format I've already said it, I don't like it if it mm-hmm. was if it was the other format where like a a bubble team has a chance to like maybe beat and jump another team, then sure that that would be fine. I don't see this playing tournament kind of going away. It creates more playoff teams, which generates more playoff revenue, generates mm-hmm. money. It also won't go away, too, because these seeds are kind of irrelevant. The highest seed to win the NBA championship is a sixth seed, the Houston Rockets in 1995, I believe. One of their Mm -hmm. two years that they won. Sixth seed. This is for the seventh and eighth. They're just trying to spice it up because these teams are going to get eliminated regardless. This year could be different, though, because we got Golden State and the Lakers at seven and eight. Yeah, could definitely see a a sick team make the playoffs and break that. It's just there's both sides to this one. It's stupid. You got too many teams in the playoffs in general. It's just going away from the original format. the The way teams make it is dumb. The other side, you make money, and these seeds essentially don't matter based off history. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's just the way it goes. I, we'll see. Lakers could still end up, I mean, Lakers are one game behind Dallas, so it could end up being Dallas and Phoenix or um, Golden State. I'm excited to see Golden State. I want to see Steph Curry. I want to see him ball out. You know he's going to ball out. Mm-hmm. So. Regardless. <laughs> it it it'll be interesting to see. I, I anything could happen in the next it starts next Tuesday's the first, so we'll know probably by Sunday.
0: Saturday Chicago is may. when the first round starts.
1: Oh Saturday's the first round?
0: Yeah, so Tuesday and then Saturday is when it starts. Okay.
1: So Tuesday's the play in Saturday's the first round of the mm-hmm. playoffs. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um so we'll know who is going to be the tenth seed in the East. Uh, it's looking like Washington. I feel like Washington has been hungrier than most teams right now. Uh, and then, of course, uh, in the West, you have seventh seed Lakers. You have eighth seeded Warriors, and then Memphis Grizzlies who have three games on the Spurs, who are the tenth seed. Um, I don't think these. Sp- Spurs. Oh, yeah, they would face Memphis. So and there's no other team that can, I don't think, actually mathematically make it Sacramento, maybe Um, barely. Yeah, barely. It's going to be tough. The Pelicans were eliminated. I was I was pretty, pretty high on the Pelicans. I thought the Pelicans were going to be a playoff team.
0: I thought they would too. I honestly didn't think the West was like as stacked as it was though. As we're seeing, the Lakers are forty and thirty and they're the seventh seed. Pelicans mm-hmm. at thirty one and thirty nine, they would be one game out of the tenth seed in the East right now. So it's just the conference play that's happening there really hurts them. Also the Pelicans, I don't think uh what's their coach's name? Ben Gundy, I don't think he's that great. And their team, they just... They have some good pieces. They just need to get rid of some and just, like, get some fresh faces on the team. Like, Zion's cool. Brandon Ingram's cool. It's just their guards aren't great. They have Eric Bledsoe. They had Lonzo, who's cool. They just... They need a new look. They need a new look. It's not working. Also, they did blow, like... I think fourteen ten point leads this year. I don't um, know at what point the ten point lead was, but just in general, that they had ten point leads, that wow. definitely k- kills them.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll say next year. I don't know. The the West is strong. Sacramento is going to be good moving forward. So I, I would say that bottom of the list is only getting better. Minus San Antonio, we don't know. They're they're always good because they have great coaching, but uh, Memphis. Love John Morant, but I don't think he's that good, personally. Everybody's so hyped on him being a top five point guard. I'm sorry, boss, boss but you uh, might be a top 10. Might be a top 10. But, <laughs> yeah, so that's the NBA. Knicks, Knicks, they've been
0: hot. Yeah, D-Rose. Probably the Making biggest, probably the one of like the best trades that, that have happened this season, D-Rose. I'm happy for him. He's playing very well, and it's good. I want to see him make the Hall of Fame one day. So I liked seeing that he's making an impact on the Knicks. He still has it, and he's refraining from going down. I remember when he got signed to the, the Cavaliers. You remember that? It was oh, him, man. D. Wade, LeBron, LeBron, Kevin Love, still that like great Cavs team. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then D. Rose just didn't play well. And I believe he got traded.
1: I don't even think that it's the problem was when, when you're on a star 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 studded cast like that, you got to think about who's going to control the ball. Most of the, of the time going down court and it was LeBron. LeBron was a point has been a point guard like his whole career. So even though he's not looked at like a point guard, but he handles the ball as much as any starting point guard would in the league. So it just, he just needed to go to the right place and him getting traded to the Knicks. Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau. Back with Tibbs, I think it was a good move. It was a good move because the Knicks, yeah, they're a playoff team. But, like, besides, I don't know, R.J. Barrett's good, I guess. He's very inconsistent night in, night Julius out. Julius Randle. Randall, Julius Randle's incredible. You have R.J. Barrett. And then who else do they really have? Emmanuel Quickley's good, but he's not there yet. Alec Burks, I guess he's good sometimes. But they're not really there. Derrick Rose is there. His player efficiency rating is almost as high as Julius Randle. Think about that. Mm -hmm. He literally plays 25 minutes a game, averages 16 points a game, and he's not the same D. Rose that we all wish him to be, but he's he's adjusted, and he's adjusted well. And it's proving. The Knicks are winning games. I'm not saying that they wouldn't be a playoff team without Derrick Rose, but he definitely brings... That veteran, that IQ, and he's won games. I saw him hit some daggers already towards the end of the season. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what it happens. almost
0: helped them win against the, the Lakers the other day. Yeah, yep. And so Cause...
1: they are right now the six-seeded team. The only problem is if the season does finish, it doesn't look like it matters, but... They could end up as a fifth seed. Uh, Atlanta's 39 and 31. Miami's the fifth seed, 38 and 31. That could change. New York could end up as a fifth seed and play Atlanta or Miami and not face Milwaukee. But as of right now, they will have to face Milwaukee in the first round. And I do not see them lasting more than four games.
0: No, against against Milwaukee. With how that matchup is with Giannis, I don't see... And Drew the, the Holiday, next... I think, is ready. I think
1: Drew Holiday is ready to finally win some games in the playoffs, man. He's been so good for so long. Yeah, so and you got we'll see. Uh,
0: you got Chris Middleton still there, too.
1: Chris Middleton is another one. He's been stepping up a lot. I, I like that team. I like that team a lot. They, they're as good as they were last year, even though I don't think their records is good. But I think having... Mm-hmm. Dealing with that loss in the playoffs, that heartbreak, um, which was a great series, I think that they come in stronger than they did last year. I think they're going to make a huge impact in the East, uh, which literally one through five, one through six, we don't know who's going to end up where. So you have Philadelphia and and Brooklyn are going to be fighting for that uh, number one spot
0: which i think if philadelphia wins one of these next two games or something they're pretty much the guarantee it sucks to see cuz i think brooklyn was on like they were on a losing streak their last 10 they were 6 and 4 they've won 3 mm-hmm. in a row like i think they were on like a pretty bad losing streak and they they lost the one seed it'll be fine though cuz you do not want to face the bucks in the second round the one seed will not face the bucks or whoever is the two and three seed so philadelphia gets an extra an extra round they get to avoid all those teams now the season was to end brooklyn and milwaukee they have to play in the second round unfortunately And one team has to go home yep yep and i think that um i mean
1: i don't know i don't know how i feel i'm not sold on philadelphia yet they have a good record. I love Joel Embiid. He was leading MVP candidate. Probably may still get it. Looks like it may go to Jokic. Um, but I, I, I'm just not sold on Philadelphia. I don't think that they pair up with Brooklyn. I don't think they pair up with Milwaukee. I think Miami will give them a run. Miami will probably take them in five or six games, in all honesty. Um, so, but then again, that's just me hating on, I, I'm not a Ben Simmons fan. I think Ben Simmons being up for defensive player of the years, he's good defensively, but defensive player of the year is a
0: little, a little much if you ask me. And then, uh, yeah, we'll go over the playoff stuff next week. That's enough basketball for today. Baseball, baseball, two, no hitters. Since the last time we had a podcast recorded. Two no hitters, John Means and Wade Miley. You would have never guessed that these guys were would throw a no hitter. The Mariners got no hit. And then the Indians got no hit for the second time this season. The Indians don't have like a bad record. <laughs> they're they're just above five hundred. They just beat the Cubs a couple games. And they got no hit. Weiss. So far Wade Miley and John means if you guys have played them will be the show they they used pinpoint pitching they were dotting Wade Miley in the ninth inning was just dotting all over and this might be the most no hitters we've seen like we there's been like five or six weeks of baseball and there's been four no hitters and one that went seven innings that isn't counted in general crazy.
1: Yeah, this definitely has to be the most I think to start baseball like in history in one mm-hmm. season. I think I read that somewhere. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just making that up. Um, baseball's exciting. I don't think I've ever been so excited for bat flips, no hitters, um, Otani, <laughs> Otani and Trout, Chicago Whiteside. Baseball to me, I'm mean, I don't know what it is about this year. I think the last time we had our podcast, you mentioned that the ratings were up. Um, I'm I'm definitely super excited. Yeah. Uh I don't even know how many, nor, how many more no-hitters we're going to get. Um, the fact that we've seen... It's been four so far. Mm-hmm. Radon, Musgrove, obviously the last two you just mentioned. Um, yeah, yeah. Baseball's just... It's, it's exciting right now. It's definitely exciting. Um, because now you have these pitchers who... You can bat flip. You can do your bat flip. You can taunt. You can do what you're going to do. But I'm my I'm gonna my balls are bigger than yours, and I'm gonna come out. And now there's so many no hitters already in the first month of baseball, and we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see because uh, there's there's some teams, <clears throat> some teams out there where I'm still expecting some pitchers to get pretty damn close. I, I want to see some 20 strikeout
0: games, but that's just me. I want to see a perfect game. All these no hitters have had just the most ridiculous things to cause it from being a perfect game. Did you do you it's know why pitch. John do you know why John Means doesn't have a perfect game? John Means faced the minimum. Was it a drop third strike? Yes. That is but it counts as a strikeout. Yes. He struck it out as a got on base and then he got caught stealing. So he faced the minimum and pitched a no hitter.
1: I don't. I don't get it. I get it. Perfect game is no base runners whatsoever, no errors, no walks, no hit by pitch. But you're gonna you're gonna reward him with the strikeout though.
0: Mm-hmm. That would have been funny because it wasn't Seattle. The last guy to throw a perfect game was Felix Hernandez. And I believe huh. Philip Humber threw a perfect game, or was it a no hitter?
1: Philip Humber, I think, threw a per-
0: uh, for the White Sox. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he threw a perfect game. Yes, it was a perfect game in Seattle. Oh wow. That would have been crazy to see that happen. So with all these no hitters happening, it's like I saw a good discussion point on Twitter. I wanted to talk about it. Uh, my friend Nate. Uh one thing I could bring up before this. Guys are like making it obvious is MLB ever going to crack down on this? It looks like guys are using like rosin rosins on the mound already, but like they're using pine tar and stuff to like throw pitches. I wonder if we will ever see a crackdown to that. We should. And also I wonder if we will ever see a time where like, let's say this era of baseball, the next three seasons, there's just a bunch of no hitters. There's guys breaking strikeout records and just striking out in general. Would this this era get tainted? Would every pitcher in this era get tainted because it's like, it's allowed it's right now it, well yeah. it's technically not, but they aren't doing anything right now, so like it's it's just flying. but my main point is Nate brought up how he thinks over the next couple of years we could see teams start going from this just swing for the fence mentality, just hit the ball and just try to hit home runs every time, which guys aren't trying to do that. They're trying to like actually make contact. They're trying to just put the ball in play, and due to their techniques of putting the ball in play, it goes over the wall. But he's saying in general, guys go towards like a contact approach, where they just try to just think the ball into play, and we go back towards like a, a high-average type time. Not necessarily like a 330. You get a bunch of guys saying 330, but guys hitting actually 300 on the year. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. It could happen. Strikeouts are flying. Yeah. Guys yeah. are not putting the ball in play at all. And these pitchers are getting so good that you kind of have to combat it by, like, focusing on more of, like, a contact-type approach. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's what we have to go to, I just don't want home
1: runs. I don't want a home run leader to only have, like, 35 home runs on the year.
0: I don't don't think that that. would happen.
1: I don't want that.
0: (laughs) I don't think that will happen. But I think right now a bunch of teams, guys are just hitting, like, 250 or below, and they're just hitting nukes for the most part.
1: Yeah. Well, you got guys like Joey Gallo, Jock Peterson, guys who will probably hit 25, 30 home runs but yet bat like a 230, a 220, a 200. It's, it's interesting to see. Let me see here. Baseball. We have. How, how incredible is Shohei? How he is Dave?
0: amazing. He, he batted lead off you know. yesterday. The previous day he pitched and hit second. He currently has more war on the season on baseball reference uh, than Mike Trout does. Mike Trout's oh. having a phenomenal season, but Shohei, he has like a two ten ERA. He just struck out 10 guys the other day. He's hitting yeah. pretty well. He is doing it all. He's doing what I wanted to see happen last year. This is wow. why he yeah, has, yep. this is why he was a good MVP candidate last year and why I picked him to win the MVP last year, but not Cy Young. Cause he can do both and you don't have to be, he's pitching well, he's pitching great. But for what he's doing, you don't have to be number one in both to win MVP. You could be like a top five hitter or top 10 hitter, even in a top 10 pitcher, or maybe even a top 15 pitcher. But both of those combined get you to a point where you are just more valuable than the leaders of both of those individually. Yeah. MVP
1: and Cy Young winner. That'll never happen. But I mean, his ERA is like a two or a 2.1 right now, which is awesome. You only need him to go out and pitch five innings. Seems like starters are only pitching five innings these these days anyways. Mm -hmm.
0: They're just getting that 150 pitch mark. And Joe Madden, I think the Angels weren't really a good team for him to go to. I think he's more of a, a younger team. That you need a coach because he loves just putting random people out there and doing random things with the lineup. The mm-hmm. one positive, though, to Joe Madden that I don't think any manager would have done so far is actually play Shohei and hit him when he pitches. Like, we don't see that in the American League because I get Shohei is way better than pitchers hitting in general. But you wouldn't see that because managers would be like, "He's pitching. We don't need him to hit. Like, just let him focus." That's what Mike Sosha Shos- did before him. Ah, uh, and now Joe Joe Madden's like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's maximize his pitching and hitting." And even the other day, after he was done pitching, he still want like he was still going to come up and have an AB. So Joe Madden said, "You know what? You've played outfield before. Go to right field. Play outfield." Yeah, yeah.
1: That was, at, that was the same game as this 10 strikeout performance. Wasn't that? He, he struck out 10 and ended up going in, playing, playing position. I, that dude is incredible. He's one of a kind. He's one of a kind, for sure. I don't think mm-hmm. we've seen anything like it since, well, Babe Ruth. But, I mean, I wasn't around for that. Can you no. love to tell a story about it? I No. Can't. All I know is that dude was large and in charge and loved to smoke. And you know what? He was incredible at what he did. Um, but yeah, and, and I mean, they started off hot. They're in last place now in the West, they're four games under 500, but they're, you never know what you're going to get out of them. You never know what you're going to get out of them. Uh, obviously they are in a division where the Oakland A's are, I think, playing better than what we expected. I know that we assume they'd be okay. And of course they have Houston in
0: that division as well. So the Rangers aren't playing bad themselves. Speaking of the Angels, Albert Pools. We didn't get to talk about him. Albert Pools got released. He uh, wanted it for himself. Uh, The Angels, it really happened where they were playing against the Rays. Ryan Yarbrough, Albert Pools dominates against. He statistically just does work against Ryan Yarbrough. And he wasn't playing. Joe Madden, he puts the best guys out there. He, he'll he'll do that stuff. He doesn't really care who people are. And Albert Pools, he just isn't great anymore, and he didn't start, so he got mad. And he's like, "All right, uh, if you guys just aren't gonna play me, can you just please release me?" And the Angels gladly did so. Uh, he's a veteran; he's been there for years. This was his last year, regardless. So they would rather just release him get someone more value than him because he was having a negative war he wasn't hitting at, well at all and he, had, uh-uh. he just had to go so Albert no longer with the Angels a little sad to see it would have been cool to see him ride it out with the team I people are saying he's he'll go to St. Louis it's not going to happen cool. now it's not going to happen now I personally think St. Louis will get him at some point. It'll be like a September game, let's say. they will sign Albert. they will suit him up for a home series. One game, he'll get like an AB or two a game, or it might even just be the Sunday game. They sign him. They just have him there in the ballpark. Uh, They may be pinch hit with him in a game if they're losing, if they're winning by a bunch. And then Sunday, they start him, get him a couple ABs, and after that AB. They take him out, and he gets a standing ovation. That's the only logical thing I see him, but any other team, they're not going to sign him. He's done. It's unfortunate. One of my favorite players of all time. Oh, He's yeah. just done. He's, he doesn't provide the value.
1: He's no longer the machine. He uh, Yeah, man, I, I could see that. Why not give him one last run? I mean, is St. Louis, are they even contending right now? I mean, I feel like that's a yes because they're always contending. Oh, they're in first. By three mm-hmm. games, actually. So they actually have a better lead uh, in the division than I thought. I thought it was closer than that. Um, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Uh, Albert Pujols, Pujols going back to um, St. Louis. It would be a different stadium. This is a new stadium, right? He didn't play in He the played new there. One. He played there. He did. He did. Okay, okay. So he would be playing in, in, in his roots where he dominated, literally, would bat at mm-hmm. 330, 35 homers, 100-something RBIs. Um, I mean, I remember, I remember Pujols, literally from the ESPN commercials. He was literally they had him set up like he was a Terminator, like he was the machine. They would the call machine. Him.
0: That's his nickname, Machine.
1: The machine, yeah. And his stance, he, he used to have a super wide stance. Yeah. And he was locked and loaded. Those hips would move faster than John Travolta in seventies <laughs> dance movies. And man, he was fun to watch. That St. Louis team was fun. Did he he? Did he win a World Series with two? Okay, so he's got a couple and he's got like probably like four MVPs. So three MVPs. Three. Okay, that was close. That was a guess. But that'd be cool. That'd be cool to see him go back and have him come off the bench and start every three, four games on Mm -hmm. the weekend, a Sunday game. Get the crowd. I mean, if I lived in St. Louis, I would make it a point to go see him a few times for sure.
0: Yeah. You know, maybe get him to sign something (laughs) that would that would be funny. Uh, For the people still listening this far in, listening to the baseball segment, might be news too. Like Albert, he only posted a 12 war in his 10 years with Anaheim, Los Angeles. 12. 10 years. He is a 99.6 career war player. 12 of it came in 10 years. He was just that dominant in St. Louis. He had, I was watching the Cardinals-Brews game today, he had 400 home runs while still in St. Louis, 400 in 2010. 11 years later, all he needed was 300 or so, and he just couldn't do it in Anaheim or Los Angeles, whatever you want to call it.
1: Oh, man. He was supposed to break the records. He broke every record in MLB games that I played, if it it counts. He literally (laughs) hit like 900 home runs, but... That's nuts. That's nuts. That's a, that's a crazy stat right there. He's literally played mm-hmm. 20 years in the league, right?
0: Yeah, he played in his rookie year was 20 or 2001. So technically, yeah. this was year 21. Uh, a big reason why he declined so fast, still, still out there is a conspiracy, but it's been proven quite a bit that this was true. He's listed at 41 years of age. Uh right now, let me let me let me see. Right now he is technically 41 and 117 days old. But there's people that believe he is actually 43 or 44. Really? Yes, he came over at 16. He had a story about how he hit a ball off Octavio Dotel when he was 13, and during that interview he said, "Yeah, there was 28 years ago." when he was like 38 or some or yeah 38 or something which at the time would have put him at like 41 years of age and there's there's that conspiracy there's also like team's knew he was older than he was back in 2011 the Marlins GM at the time knew they said he said he knew Albert was older but they were going to sign him just because they knew 2019 2020 and 2021 wasn't going to be like a difference they were signing him for that production then in the publicity that they would get which didn't work out so if you want to look more into that for anyone listening it's a an interesting find that an article did come out in 2011 so don't come at me now just because he's retiring i did have someone come at me because of that but back in 2011 there's still skepticalness like miguel tejada he he was actually two years older than what he was listed at for a while. There's a bunch of Dominican players which do that because if you're actually older, like let's say you're getting scouted in the Dominican and you're 19 years old, the teams might be like, eh, okay, like whatever. You look like every other 19-year-old. But if you say you're 16... You're like, oh, my goodness. I'm six. You're 16. How? Jason Dominguez is one of them. I don't know how old Jason is. He's technically 17 or 18 right now, but he could be like another one where they just don't have good records of birth certificates and guys lie about their age and to get to the bigs. You mean like the Little League World Series when 16 year olds are going up against 11 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> could easily be that. That, that I off tangent with Albert Pool stuff, but wanted to talk about that and just like how he could possibly be be older. Maybe we'll find out in the future because it would make a lot more sense. You just don't randomly at the age of thirty seven just all of a, all of a sudden forget how to hit a baseball when your first ten years of your first eleven seasons in St. Louis you hit four hundred forty five home runs. Yeah, just doesn't make sense. It's gonna that's be that's an
1: interesting fact. I are interesting uh conspiracy. I'm I'm a fan of conspiracy when it mixes with sports. So I'm gonna have something to read on this weekend. That's that's that's
0: very interesting, Healy. Yeah, definitely impossibility. And there's been proof before with stuff happening. Yeah, Miguel Tejada did admit that he lied about
1: his age too. I just saw that. Which Miguel Tejada was another one that I was a huge fan of him growing up with Oakland mm-hmm. and Baltimore and. Wow, that's that's nuts that that's a thing,
0: but hey, more power to them, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the last topic we have for tonight is Jared Kalanick finally getting the call-up. We talked about this in way back in the offseason uh, where the Seattle Mariners guy was caught on video. I don't know what he was doing, but he was talking to someone. He's like, yeah, Jared Kalanick not playing this season. Julio Rodriguez not playing this season. We're keeping him down on purpose. They fired him. Jared Kalnick has been amazing in the minors so far. I believe he had a hit in every single uh minor league AB so far. In six games, 29 plate appearances, 27 ABs. He's 370 batting average, 414 on base, 630 slug- slugging. For 1000 OPS, he had f- two home runs, five RBIs, 10 hits in six games. And they're like, all right, Taylor Trammell, he's struggling a little bit. It's time to call up our stud. And that's Jared. Wow. That's, I
1: remember that was like the big thing. That, w- that just happened like within the last couple of months before the season started. Yeah. With the Mariners exec. That's, uh, wow, wow. And Whoa. they also
0: called up Logan Gilbert today, another one of mm-hmm. their top prospects to start the game. We're seeing we're seeing this happen a lot quicker and I love it. I love seeing these younger guys like we already know like Wander Franco should be good, Jared Kelnick should be good. We have to wait cuz the teams just generally aren't ready and they're waiting for that perfect spot cuz teams value these 6 years that they just get these guys for free. It's Mm -hmm. not like the NFL or NBA where they get these guys four years, five-year contracts, you're done. They can hold them in their minors for a long time. And then once they make the majors, they can hold them for another extended period of time. So teams purposely manipulate it until they're ready. Also, they manipulate it so they get an extra year. Like, technically, right now, Jared Kalanick could play this season and six full other seasons. So, uh, The Seattle Mariners technically are time manipulating him and why he got called up now. And they aren't afraid to call him up because they already know they can get another six years out of him. Mm -hmm.
1: Which we've seen historically happen with like every rookie with high ceiling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris Bryant, Mr. Chris Bryant was one of them. Chris Bryant is good at baseball. Um, So he's on his final year of control and he's having a hell of a year, which we knew he would. Um yeah, I'm looking forward to the young the young stud. I'm looking forward to that. That's uh you've been speaking highly of him. I don't know a whole lot of him outside of his stats. So if it's what it's hyped up to be, I will be tuning in to his first game
0: for sure. He was the big piece in the Robinson Cano, Edwin Diaz trade. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Mets fans are a little little sad about that because they expected a guy like Robinson Cano, who's been playing well in Seattle, to come over, and Edwin Diaz, who at the time was one of the best closers in baseball, and didn't expect them both to blow up, and Robinson Cano to get suspended for steroids again. Gosh. Now they have Jared Kalnick when they need a center fielder in in uh, the, in New York. <laughs> like... Mets fans are just they're gonna be happy for him. They're just gonna be sad he's not on the Mets. hmm
1: That'd be nice, but yeah, I mean who expected Robbie Kano to do what he no. did. No, it was a good trade at Multiple the time. Times. Yeah, oh yeah. Hinds- oh, yeah.
0: Hindsight's 2020.
1: Exactly. So but I think that's it for baseball. Do we have yeah. I no, think that's it, pretty much it. That's so. it
0: for the whole pod this week. We had a long episode now we're almost an hour and 30 minutes long talked about a lot of different topics had to get them all in there next week yes. as i mentioned nba playoffs some more baseball talk probably not a lot of nfl cuz there's nothing going on i'm ready i'm ready for the to go back i'm going to have to listen to what we predicted in the nba preseason and see what we predicted i'm pretty sure i had the nets over the lakers that's all i know We'll take a peek at that as always follow us on social media at Sr only pod. Our personal pages. Mine is at the Healy six. I'm I goose with four O's
1: as always. Don't ask why make sure you guys add us on there. Make sure you guys stay interactive with us on our social media accounts for standing room. Only podcasts Sr only pod Twitter, uh, Instagram, more so Twitter, Twitter. Uh, we can, we can talk shit back and forth. Um, uh, you'll see me on there. You'll know it's me on there. Um, so yeah definitely uh stay tuned uh thank you guys for bearing with us we missed last week due to covid but i'm back i'm Mm -hmm. back we'll see you next week